0: But you don't know me. Shut up and don't sit, don't down. sit down. Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Groot.
1: I'm your co-host, Tink.
0: And today we have a brand new guest.
2: Smudge.
0: So Smadge and I are dear friends. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome.
2: Yeah. Thanks. It's good to be here.
0: Welcome around the round table, the square table. Square
2: table. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah. We've known each other for almost a year, actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But how, yeah. It feels like longer.
0: How did we meet? I can't recall.
2: Well, w- <laughs> uh, we went in improv, in improv level one. So we go way back. Oh, yeah. To the beginning. At, uh, at the Village Theater.
0: So, what was the experience like for you first starting at improv? Did you first start here at Village Theater, or did you start before?
2: No, um, so I'm from Texas, uh, born and raised. I've lived in Atlanta for about a year and a half, Um, and I actually first started improv um, about two years ago in Dallas, Texas at the Dallas Comedy House, shout out to the DCH, if Woo-woo. you're if you're ever in Dallas, Texas, go to the Dallas Comedy House in Deep Ellum, it's amazing. But um, I took levels one and two there, and then I couldn't take level three because it didn't work with my schedule, but I, um, they call it the intern program, but it's like volunteering, um, so I volunteered there. And then in September of 2015, I moved here to Atlanta, and Last July, I started doing improv again. So, yeah, that's my history with improv, and now I'm on level four. Groot and I are both on level four.
0: (laughs) So, what do the levels mean exactly for someone that doesn't know what improv is? Okay, well... Is it like an actual class? Like, what do we do here? Because I'm pretending I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, okay, so technically there are five levels, but there's two level fours and two level fives. At the village it's kind of hard to explain um but like level one is kind of just a basic overview of everything and then i would say after level one the rest of the levels are just kind of like getting more in depth like uh i i know gosh they all kind of like start to blend together after a while like i think one of them was like character work like how to make mm-hmm. a character um, and then now we're learning short form, which I feel like when the average lay person uh, hears about improv, they think about whose line is it anyway. Yeah. And short form is what you hear mm-hmm. on whose, or what you see on whose line is it anyway. Right. So that's what we're learning right now. Um, but yeah, up until now it's been long form.
0: Yeah. So what so. are some of the, the rules with improv, there's kind of like unofficial, official rules with improv that it's very different from, you know, sketch comedy or stand-up. Right. What are some things that we're taught that may not be applicable to other forms of comedy?
2: Okay, well, the the number one rule that you learn first is to say yes and... Um, so like, give
0: me an example.
2: An example, okay, so if... Okay, let's say that you're doing a, a sketch. Actually, I'm taking this from our last grad show. <laughs> when um, I was in a scene with our classmate, Gertrude, and uh, we were... Uh, so the whole premise was that um, she was obsessed with this dog. And so I was coming in, acting like her daughter, acting like... I was kind of the, as her daughter, I was a replacement for this dog that she loved so much. Um, so to say yes and is just to agree, if this makes any sense, to agree to the reality that the other person has set up. Mm-hmm. So it would, it would not be saying yes and if I was like, no, you're not obsessed with dogs right. and I'm not your daughter. You know, saying yes and is agreeing with whatever the other person has established or what you have established together and then adding to it.
0: Right. So, yes, I am your child and I also love pudding, something like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like yes. Agreeing. And yeah. pudding is my favorite dessert, like that? Yeah. Yes. Like yes. Out whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at this. Yep. Um, I've never done an improv, so when I automatically think of it, you have no props whatsoever. That's correct, mm-hmm. right? So is that hard? Like, I've been in plays where, but there's always something there, like, or do you feel like that's more liberating?
2: Oh, gosh. I could go both ways. Yeah.
0: I think it's more liberating because with improv, you're taught how to create this entire world out of nothing. You're given, you know, your stage if you're on a stage, and they just say, okay, make a scene. To be a good improviser, you have to create this entire world around you, so you have to be like, I'm in a house. Okay, what does a house look like? I have a kitchen. You know, kitchens have cabinets, so you'll, you know, mime yourself opening up a cabinet yeah, and then like
2: pretending to wash dishes right
0: you paint this entire world and then you can have other people in your cast that'll you know give sound effects or music mm-hmm. oh, or like cool. really make this world believable to the audience yeah. I, I like it a lot it's oh, kind of ridiculous yeah. that you just start from nothing and you know you could be at like, disneyland and still be on this just plain stage right
2: and it's mean, cheap yeah exactly. <laughs> i mean it takes it takes a while mm-hmm. to get the hang of it um but like because I guess sometimes I forget like sometimes I forget like oh is there something I could be doing right now like pretending to be doing yeah um but you know Mm -hmm. that comes with practice Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah we're always taught that if you don't know what to do just do something in terms of your body so if you don't know what to do just like
2: act like you're doing something act like you're doing something like
0: (laughs) kick a football or you know run around in a circle and then it'll give you time to generate an idea and your scene partner to say something to that. Oh,
1: because I know I'd be on there and, like, brain dead, like, uh, has that ever happened?
2: uh, Yeah, that happens to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you just have to to power through it to learn what to do.
0: Yeah. The cool thing about it is if you have that issue and you just have, like, a scene where you can't think of anything to say most people are like, oh my God, I'm standing up here for so long. The audience is noticing that I'm not saying anything or doing anything. Yes. <laughs> but like, in reality, you're on stage and when this happens, it's like a two to three second thing, but it feels like
2: it feels like forever. five
0: minutes and you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot everything I knew about everything in the world.
2: Exactly. Oh, okay. And then like,
0: you just think about like an emotion that you have. You're like, yes. angry. And then you just immediately take that on.
2: Yeah, you so. could think about, um, yeah, you could like, do something um like do an action pretend to do something or you could just remember how do I feel about this gotcha. and uh they always say overreact mm-hmm. overreact and improv. Gotcha. So. so what got you into improv? Uh gosh well let's see it was a little over two years ago that I got into it but um okay long it's kind of a long story but I had been in a relationship a really bad relationship mm-hmm. and uh when I got out of it I didn't really have any hobbies, and I I had been living with my ex, and uh, I moved out. I was living by myself, um, and I was like, okay, like I need something to do. Yeah, and I need to do something <laughs> for me. That's um, important. Yeah, and so I'd been watching a ton of Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> I like it <that> too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I mean, I could do I could do stand up. That that looks like fun. Um, but I didn't want to just go into it like without having, I mean, I've never done, I haven't really done much theater stuff ever. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like just going up on stage in front of a bunch of people just sounded scary to me. So, um, I was living, I was living in Sherman, Texas at the time. Sherman, Texas. Sherman. Okay. Yes. That, that sounds, it's, it's a <laughs> wonderful town. Small, um, right? Well, yes, it's yep. small. Like um, 10 people. Uh, a little bit more than ten people, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but um, yeah. So we're it's a it's almost an hour north of Dallas, like probably forty five minutes. And uh, so I was looking up stuff to do, like comedy related stuff in Dallas, and um, I found the Dallas Comedy House and improv classes. And I was like, well, I don't think I would be good at this, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Mm. Um, yeah, and so that's where it all started. That's awesome. It was great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you find that? improv has kind of this cathartic you know relief on you when you're up there doing improv
2: oh yeah 100 yeah for I mean, me it's like therapeutic
0: right i mean, I love it at least for me the one reason why i do it is because i have pretty bad anxiety
2: uh-huh.
0: i don't have an issue at all speaking in front of people but just being told you can't think just do in in my real life outside of improv i overthink constantly oh, yeah and being on stage, you can you don't have the time to overthink. Oh, and yeah. so it really teaches you to just be comfortable with yourself and your own brain and just work from there.
2: Oh yeah, 100%.
0: There's actually been a ton of studies that I've read that suggest that improv is a legitimate form of form of therapy and a lot of therapists endorse it actually. Oh wow. <laughs> Which is like it's so cool to think about. That comedy really does have a significant impact on someone's mental health.
2: Oh yeah. I um well yeah, I since you bring it up, I have depression and anxiety and um I mean, improv has been amazing for my mental health. Um I mean, it's obviously, I mean, it's been there's been I've been learning how to um, take control of of my depression and anxiety and it's been a combination of things but um, improv is a big part of it and I know that you know when I'm doing improv when I'm focused on a scene on my scene partner and what I'm doing what I'm gonna say next I don't really I don't have time to think about anything Mm -hmm. else and so it's like i it's like i leave class or i get out of a show and it's like i just totally haven't thought about my quote-unquote problems right. for a couple hours and that's for me that's crazy because i mm. i mean all i do i mean when i'm at my worst all i do is worry mm-hmm. um and so it's like it's a good way to just kind of get away from that mm-hmm. so yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. It's
2: and, I mean, of course it's been a, a confidence booster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great.
0: Yeah. And what I love about improv is that the people that do it are a special kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all weird in our <laughs> own ways. But that's kind of what makes us bond so well. And what I love about improv is that the people in our theater, at least, and from what I've heard in other theaters, we all bond together very well. And we're all a community and almost feels like family. So you know that you're comfortable with a lot of people there and you could just talk to them and just be, you know, at your best with them. And that's what I really enjoy about it.
2: Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Like I've made lifelong friends in the past year of doing this than I have most of my life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and okay, this is going to sound so corny. Not at but... all, no, no. please. <laughs> Since I've, I mean, at the Village Theater and at the Dallas Comedy House, I met all kinds of people all kinds of people do improv like Mm -hmm. young old of all different kinds of like educational backgrounds people of all different races like that's awesome it's yeah Yeah. you're with all different kinds of people but you this one thing you have in common you know is improv and it's it's just a great way to bring people together to meet all kinds of people Mm
1: -hmm. do you guys have a show coming up are you guys done? Actually. We do. Ooh. Actually, we do. <laughs> when
2: is it? Maybe. <laughs> well, possibly.
0: Possibly in June?
2: Um, well, we have our grad show. We have our grad show. And then there's the <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Atlanta <laughs> Improv Festival. Right. Oh, there's a festival? There's festivals
1: sure for is. everything in Atlanta. There is.
2: Yeah, yes.
0: Right? Like, you want to talk about potatoes? They have a potato festival. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> potatoes. You talk about other there's That's a it. bacon festival. There's a bacon festival, <laughs> yeah. And then like, there's daffodil, the daffodil
2: festival. There's everything. But Do yeah. you know when the festival is? I think. I want it's to say May 11th through 13th.
0: We'll post a link to it whenever <laughs> we find It's that in that May. Out. It's in May, right. What. What what's What's all about it? I mean, what does it encompass? What is the whole deal with it?
2: Uh, I know that a bunch of uh, you know you can you come three days, see a ton of improv, see a ton of talented groups mm. perform. Um, I know that there's like a there's a competition side to it, and there's also just kind of like a showcase. Yeah. So Groot and I are part of a we are part of a team and we submitted, we applied to be uh Aww, in the showcase. We didn't I mean, know this. We might we might not I don't know, we might we might not be in it. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll see. We yet pick. to a lot of people come from out of town too and they we, get priority. We like showcasing them because they're new to our theater, so that's what we like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Even if we don't go through with it, I think we're gonna stick around and try to do other stuff because we've just bonded yeah. really well in like the past four days that we formed this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Group what's of our people. what's our team name? We
2: are Marshmallow Maidies. Um, I don't understand what that means. That what is, is- that? <laughs> I like marshmallows. So- yeah, that is an off brand cereal. <laughs> that is the off brand, one of the off brands of Lucky Charms, which. Oh, <laughs> oh I like this. Right? It's a bagged cereal, which <laughs> I grew up eating marshmallow manis. That has like that it's weird like,
1: little Ziploc bag, right? Yeah. Oh, I like, like the yeah. hand me down smacks.
0: <laughs> it looks like. Yeah, it looks like a huge thing of like flour or yeah. like, cornmeal that you get at like a farmer's market or a store. <laughs> And it's at the very bottom of the cereal and you just, yep. like, pick out, like, this 30-pound bag for $2, and...
2: Yep. Yeah, I love their hand-me-down Smacks. It's so good. Which, yeah. they have a picture on the Marshmallow <laughs> Mateys bag. They have a picture of a kangaroo, which I, I don't, I don't <laughs> really... I, I don't know. I mean... Uh, if she, Marshmallow okay. Mateys
0: wants to... Be one of our advertisers. We will totally do it. Yes.
2: Wait, is
1: it Marshmallow Meaties?
0: M- Mateys. Oh, Mateys, like, uh, <laughs> like it's pirate.
1: It's pirate themed. I was like, "What is a meaty <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will tell you when you're older. <laughs> oh,
1: it's when a mommy and a Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah
2: right
0: so up. we're excited about that. That's and awesome. Super fun.
2: Yeah. But we will for sure have a grad show. Yeah. Level four grad show.
0: I will probably see probably in
2: June.
0: I will see if I want to tell our listeners about that. Okay. Oh,
2: okay.
1: So how are you liking Atlanta? Cause I know that you've only been here for almost a year. Right. Or, I, I, or I, about almost 2 years. Two well, years. about a year and a half. I can't do math. It's not my strongest <laughs> no. suit. Oh my god, me
2: too. Terrible at oh, So bad. <laughs> I love Atlanta. It's great. Before I moved out here, I had never visited here. I had never visited wow. Atlanta, or I had never visited Georgia. Really? Yes, what? yes, and I signed, I signed the contract on my job, and I was like, well, I better like Atlanta, because I'm gonna yeah. be there for the next two years, but it's great, like, mm. there is something for everyone here. Yeah. Um,
0: How does it compare to amazing. Texas?
2: Oh gosh I mean it's similar in certain ways. Mm-hmm. it's different in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, see I was living in the Dallas area Dallas Texas area be- I know there's a Dallas, Georgia but, mm-hmm. before I moved out here and uh, it's a lot greener out here and I feel like the city <laughs> right. I feel like the city is more aesthetically pleasing uh, just a pretty city but um, and I mean Dallas is great I love it. But um, I really think there's more to do out here. Sorry. <laughs> mm, that's understandable. I've only been to um, Houston. I just oh, can't Houston stand
1: that it's built around three different freeways. And right. your majority of the time, you're on the freeway. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't.
2: Yeah, I I haven't spent too much time in Houston.
1: It's yeah. huge. I've only been there for three days, so just oh, okay. so for
0: work. What was life like for you in Texas? I mean, you came here, you said a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. What? What was life like before then? You talked a little about improv. Right. Did you do a lot of different work there? What kind of your stuff are you into?
2: Well, okay, so I grew up born, I was born in the Dallas area, grew up in Texas. I grew up, I say I grew up in the Austin area. I grew up in Round Rock, Texas, which is a little bit north of Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Before I moved here, I was living in Sherman, Texas, right. which we talked about and briefly earlier. And I was a newspaper reporter for their oh. for their newspaper, the Sherman Herald Democrat. Shout out! Yeah, <laughs> subscribe. No, but it was that was a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went to before that. I went to the University of North Texas, mm-hmm. which is in Denton, Texas. Um, also in the Dallas area um yeah it was a great school I got my BA in journalism Mm -hmm. um and yeah, Meat Loaf went to that school. What? <laughs> yeah, ah. so, did, so did Nora Jones. Oh, I love oh. Nora so Jones. Did, uh, so did Peter Weller, AKA RoboCop. Oh, And uh, Buckaroo Banzai. That's way too famous
0: for me, I'm not how to handle <laughs> this right now.
2: I know, we only we <laughs> have really high-profile alumni. I'm like a couple different ones. And me, and, and Smad. And you, I mean, you're like
0: clearly the best one's best.
2: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I feel loved. <laughs> What? So, yeah, UNT, go Eagles.
0: Yeah. What got you into journalism? I mean.
2: Uh, oh, gosh. Well, okay, so I went. I started at UNT, and I was a radio, television, and film major. Um, uh, but I, I've always been really good at writing. That's always been my mm-hmm. thing. Like, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Science. I mean, it's interesting, uh... but I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm useless when it comes <laughs> to those <laughs> subjects.
0: Like, numbers, no. Yeah. No, no.
2: So, I, uh, I had been, yeah, I, I was doing RTVF. Um, I was also really into, like, political science. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I kind of, I mean, I thought journalism, I mean, I, would, I thought it would be good because I would be doing a lot of writing. Right. Um, I'd get to report on current events, which, at the time, I was really into mm-hmm. Um, so it just seemed like a good fit for me. So my spring of my sophomore year, I changed my major. And actually, UNT has a pretty good journalism program. So it ended oh. up it ended up being a good decision. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I got into it. So I know you mentioned you were a reporter. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any crazy stories? Mm, crazy stories from... Yeah, okay, so it's funny because, like, you know, Sherman is kind of a small, smallish town. Right. That whole area is, I mean, it's pretty rural. And people might think, like, y- you know, like people like my friends would be like, oh, you're living in Sherman? Like, what is there to do up there? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, like, create, like, I was, so I was the police and fire reporter. Crazy stuff happens. If you're. What? If you're <laughs> That's a thing? It doesn't matter. Yes. It doesn't matter where you are. People are stupid everywhere and they do crazy stuff <laughs> everywhere. Um,
0: your job is like specifically to report on fires and then police and, activity. Yes. That's like just your title. Like.
2: Yeah. I mean, I did other stuff too. Like, it was a small paper, so I reported yeah. on other things, but that was my main thing. And uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Just. And so what I would do daily, I would go through the police reports for the the local police departments uh-huh. and just see what people did. Um, like in a, I'm so ready for those. So there's a, one of my favorite stories is there's a small town called Bonham, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bonham. Um, nobody's probably heard of it unless you live in that area. And... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, uh, uh, so I was reading the police reports, and what happened was someone called, uh, I don't know if it was 911, maybe, someone called 911 out like 2 or 3 in the morning, and or they just called the police department, I don't know, and they yeah. said, hey, there's construction going on, and I'm trying to sleep, like, what's the, what's the deal? So a police officer went out to this construction site to check it out. Turns out there was not construction going on. Um, a drunk guy had like wandered out into the street, gone onto a construction site. He went into an excavator.
1: Oh goodness! Which
2: are it's those things, the piece of construction equipment that like digs. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh.
2: <laughs> he went in there, and the keys were still in there, and so he turned it on and was just driving it down the street. Oh my! What time so was this? This was like three in the morning.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so the, of course, of course that guy got arrested. He got dri- driving while intoxicated. And, uh, oh, no. Did he get
0: like driving while operating heavy machinery drones Probably.
2: Too? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the funnier ones. People do stuff like that all the time.
0: Really? And I guess just,
1: if you're in a small town, you must be bored. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> I mean, if I didn't have anything to do, I would probably, you know, have an alcoholic beverage and. Drive heavy machinery, too. I mean, back home in rural Midwest from a certain state, there wasn't a lot to do either. So you would just, like, go get drunk in a cornfield and then, like, operate a tractor and...
1: Feed cow cookies.
0: Okay. That was was a callback to my original episode. Thank you, Ting. You're welcome. But, yeah, we also just feeded... Feeded... (laughs) (laughs) We also just fed cows cookies, so yeah, that's totally normal. That would probably be in the police report if someone was driving (laughs) that truck drunk while trying to feed these cows cookies with the back of the truck. Actually, that would be a a funny story.
2: I mean, there was a big dispute in Fannin County, which is where Bonham is. um, (laughs) It sounds
0: like you're saying bottom, no, and then it sounds like you're saying fanny. So a lot of these things sound like
2: butts. other names
0: for booties. (laughs) No, it's
2: Fannin... And Bonham. Bonham and Fannum. Fannin. Fannin. But, no, there was a dispute where, like, a cow got out and someone shot the cow because it was in their way. I mean, that I mean, that was stuff that happened. They want to cry and laugh at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, never a dull moment, believe it or not.
0: really so <laughs> not.
2: Cow shooting, tractor I, driving. I also, I mean, I reported on all kinds of things. Like I say that, like, if you're if you're a reporter, or if you're in journalism, you have to be ready to like go to any kind of event, report even if you don't know anything about it. You have to be ready to go and write about it. Mm-hmm. So one day I reported um, on a welding rodeo. What? They're well, yeah, welding.
0: No, I got as, that. I as did, in- like, the <laughs> two words together. It, rodeo, yeah, so
2: it was in, it was in Grayson County, and basically, uh, which is where Sherman is, and basically, um, I mean, it's a pretty rural county, so basically all the high schools got together, and it was a welding rodeo, and they had a welding competition, and they made all kinds, they made all kinds of things. They made art and sculptures out of metal, and so I went out there, and I reported on it. It was... I mean, it was actually really interesting.
0: Where does the rodeo part come in?
2: I mean, I think they just call it that. I mean, okay, so there's so, not
0: actually like a legitimate rodeo going on. No, when these people are it's a
2: rodeo. I guess it's a rodeo in that it's a competition, oh. and also and everyone's getting together to like show off their welding skills. And then also, yeah, it was in this arena. I mean, picture picture an arena where you would see like a normal rodeo. Like that's where it was. It wasn't cool. kind of a rodeo, I guess. And yeah. I, you fooled me. I also I also reported on normal rodeos, like like while I was there. So How were
0: those? What is the culture like were, within that?
2: Oh, they were good. And uh so in Bonham, there there's <laughs> a, I'm still you said bottom <laughs> again. We need to clarify. Okay. There's <laughs> There's a, a rodeo called the Kuklahan Ranch Rodeo that's run by the Kuklahan family. and Why are you looking at me? <laughs> and it's like 50 years old. And that was the rodeo I I reported on. And I went to. I don't know why you guys are Sorry, laughing that, so it much. It sounds
0: like you're saying something else.
2: Kuk- oh, I guess that is, yeah.
0: It sounds sound like a. Oh. The- Ku Klux Klan. Okay. That's why I, well, we can cut that, th- that out. No, you can keep saying. Yeah.
2: Well, we'll, we'll
0: stop laughing about it. I thought that's what you're getting into, and I was just being no. prepared that you said you went to a rodeo by the KKK. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, someone's last name Kukulhan, and this guy, one of the oh gosh, this guy who was like the MC announcer or whatever, he was like on America's Got Talent or something. Whoa. He, I don't know what it was. He had been doing like rope tricks or something. Oh, cool. So he mm-hmm. was, yeah. That was interesting. Do you feel like
0: you have to be well-versed in whatever you're covering beforehand, or even after, do you feel like you're kind of, not necessarily an expert, but, you know, well-read in all Uh. of these subjects? Does it make you more, I guess, I hate saying this term, but worldly?
2: I don't think you have to be, I mean, you can go into something like, for example, when I went into the welding rodeo or other things that I reported on, I reported on plenty of local government stuff that Mm -hmm. was just like, at the time, it was just way over my head. I say you don't have to be well-versed beforehand, although it helps. Mm -hmm. You just have to go in um, willing to learn. Um, with an open mind, ask a ton of questions, and then you have to be able to adequately explain it to people. So, you know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard.
0: I couldn't do it, but...
2: (laughs) Well, I mean... Yeah. I don't know, I feel like Crime is pretty straightforward most of the time. And <laughs> this is true. Yeah. yeah. That one, I mean, whenever I did that, it didn't really. I mean, unless I was talking about some sort of legal, right. legal thing, um, it was usually pretty easy. Mm-hmm. See? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to get to this now, so I'm just going to cool. say it. You were telling us about a story earlier that yeah. I don't think was a story you reported on, but actually happened to you. Yeah. With a certain reptile that did something oh, to you in Texas which gosh. when i think of texas i think of dangerous reptiles so i'm assuming the story is going to lead down that path
2: okay yes um yes this was not something i reported on this is something that happened to me i was bitten by a snake ooh what kind of snake a copperhead snake Gah. i don't know it's venomous oh. uh.
0: <laughs> so i'm like indiana jones in the sense that i hate snakes so much and <laughs> the story makes me want to yeah. Just I just don't definitely. like how
1: they move and they have no legs. Like, that's what bothers <laughs> me, and they're super fast. Right. I would rather they
0: that's have creepy. legs. <laughs> so you got bit by a copperhead. Yes.
2: So, okay, so what happened? I was in Denton, Texas. Goddamn Denton. Is, which is Texas. where, yes, where I went to college. Right. And um, uh, I actually have a lot of family that lives in Denton, so I had been visiting my grandmother, who lives in a retirement community, so, and it was pretty late at night. Um, I was leaving, and my mom was with me. We were walking out to the parking lot, and it was not a very well-lit area. Uh. And I was wearing flip-flops. Uh. And it was, this was exactly <laughs> one week after my 22nd birthday. Uh. So it was almost five years ago. And, uh, yeah, I was just walking. And next thing I knew on my right foot, I felt a sharp pain. Like my first thought was that I had stepped on some nails Ugh. or something very sharp Yeah. and that my foot had been impaled.
1: Oh my God.
2: Yeah. It hurt really bad. And the thing about snake bites is that it hurts and then it starts hurting worse. Like, as as the as the venom like spreads Reds, yeah oh. so i was like oh my god i was like i don't even it was all blur honestly i like ran and my mom was like oh my god what happened we got into the car and i looked at my foot and on the side there were two little fang marks ah. and i was like I was bitten by a snake
1: oh shit
2: so my mom drove me to the hospital she was like speeding she was yeah like, like flooring it and I was like oh my god am I gonna die and my mom was like no you're not gonna die but later she was like oh I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> you could have died, died. So, I, <laughs> so we got we got to the uh, to, to the ER and walked in and like my foot was hurting at this point but it wasn't too bad and uh, I, there were a ton of people waiting in the ER and I was like, Oh great, this is gonna take forever. But we my
1: mom dead by the time it's my
0: turn. the queue. Someone else has like a paper cut and they're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, Ma'am, I'm sorry, you have to sit down with your copperhead foot. Yeah.
2: So so I sat down, my mom went up to the to the counter and told them what was happening. They were like, Oh, we gotta get you back right now. So I got I got to cut all these people in line.
0: You cut the people that had finger cuts, too? Yes. (laughs) Finger cuts. Believe it or not. (laughs) Good at words today, clearly.
2: Yes. And uh, so I went back there, went, and, uh, yeah, over the next few hours, my my foot and my leg all the way up a little bit past my knee totally swelled. (gasps) It was... Uh.
0: Yeah, it was like,
2: I don't, okay, I could not move my toes. I could not move my ankle. I could not move, I could not bend my knee. That's how swollen it was. And so the... Oh my God, I hate this so much. I know, so the doctors would, the doctor would come in and they made some, they put some marks on my foot when I first got there. And like every few minutes they would come in with some measuring, uh, not measuring tape, but like a little, the, the,
0: the thingy that thing. measures things. Yeah, yes. and
2: they would come and measure my foot and see how fast it was swelling. And, like, sometimes people ask me, like, oh, well, didn't you get anti venom?
0: That was my next question. The answer is
2: no. What? What? No, I did not get anti venom. They said that they, okay, so anti venom is really expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's like $20,000 or what? something like that. What? It's not covered mm-hmm. by insurance? No and um or not mine at least and at the time and then uh, apparently like anti-venom while it does help you it does help you heal faster it also makes you really sick um Mm -hmm. so um they they told me that they don't really use anti-venom unless it's a matter of life or death or if they start if your skin starts to turn black and like uh, and it's uh, like oh if we don't use this you're going to have to oh get a limb amputated oh my god like gosh. that's that's when they use anti venom
0: so you weren't at this point though
2: no i just okay. you know thank god but i just my my leg got super swollen and i was it hurt really really bad like i don't know how like i don't know how to describe it it was just like. To if,
0: feel like it was on fire? Yes.
2: Like if I just like touched touched my leg, it hurt really bad. Oh. And so, I mean, I left. I left the next day. I couldn't walk. I mean, that leg was useless. My right leg was useless. What did I they give
0: you? They didn't give you anything? Did they gave you like Advil? I'm they like, gave okay. her Benadryl? Oh, no, no, no.
2: I, got, I got naproxen, which is like yeah. painkiller, uh-huh. and I got oxycodone.
0: Uh, so you got straight up opioids. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. I
2: actually I didn't like oxycodone because I would take it and just fall asleep. So,
0: what's your favorite drug? <laughs> <laughs> don't answer. That. I don't know. Don't answer
2: that. But so yes, for two whole weeks I could not walk. I and I was taking a summer class, and <laughs> mm. I uh, it was race, gender, in the media journalism <laughs> class, and I did not miss. I did not miss any classes you I came, dedicated I came to class in a wheelchair and I still remember god I still remember so I was in a wheel I was in a wheelchair not like a power chair but <laughs> but one that I used with my arms like to wheel myself and I um so I was uh I was going I was in the GAB the general academic building was where my class was and uh God, I, I will never forget, I was, like, trying to go into class, and the door was one of those doors you have to, like, push open oh, no. with the thing, Aww. and I was I was going in, and it was one of, it was a huge classroom, like, with, like, the stadium-type seating, uh-huh. and there were, like, 50 people just, like, looking at me while I was struggling to, like, push the door open and wear wow. myself in. I'm like, geez, you guys are gonna look at me and not, like... like help me? Help me? Yeah, I, I'll never forget that, but... Thing. and also that is tiring oh my god yeah. wheeling yourself around that
0: were you super buff it is
2: though hard. um <laughs> no I, oh. no i've always had terrible upper body strength so that was yeah. really hard i got i got someone to push me whenever i could
0: did you become infamous on your campus as snake bite girl
2: uh to like to my classmates yeah did you go to like my frat professor. parties
0: and you're like do you want to hear a cool story, bros? I got bit by a hey, snake. Hey, bros, <laughs> like crack open a natty light and let's talk. I <laughs> oh, am
2: that it's a natty light. That's, it's man. always been, it's been one of my go-to stories.
0: I wish like, I had something that cool. Well, uh, no, I don't because uh, snakes are hideous <laughs> no. and that sounds horrible. Yeah. But.
2: And I swear like, okay, so my left foot, which was not affected, is about a size eight and a half. My right foot is a little bigger. And I swear it's because of the snake bite. Like the <laughs> swelling went down, but not completely. I think it it made my right my right my right foot like slightly oh bigger. One hundred percent. So when
1: you buy shoes, you have to like take another shoe from another it's
0: box. To <laughs> I
2: should. I just put up with having like my right foot is, is a little bit tighter. Like it's snug. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my
0: god. So. Moral of the story is that I don't think Texas is a place that I want mm. to go to for a prolonged period of just time. Just
2: don't, don't walk in a poorly lit area in the summer wearing flip flops.
0: So like Texas. what I normally do in the summer <laughs> is like, don't be out in the summer at all.
2: Well, Bat and spiders. And if you want, I just yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I do I'm need a new super nickname. Careful, so like Groot's cool and all, but I would totally be up for like snake bite, boy.
1: It's so it's so long. Like, what if you got bit by that snake and turned into a superhero? Yes. Oh my God, that would have been
2: kick-ass.
0: What if you are and you're just not telling that? Oh. Venom
2: girl. You'll never know. What <laughs> is your superpower?
0: The ability to just, you know,
2: the ability to jump to conclusions. That's my worry about everything. Unfortunately, oh. if I had a superpower, oh. <laughs> oh. self-deprecating. No, oh. I wish it were. That would be
0: like bite Dude. people and. Give them poison. I to say have like toxic words and be able to. Oh man! Sling insults like s- the snake. And then have a I did we we and had shake a it.
2: we did have a some of my friends we had a roast a couple weeks ago. Oh it's of the egg friends. Shit. And I actually did pretty well. Oh. I uh, yeah, I said. I said, your face is so oily, the U.S. wants to invade it. <gasps> I, no. Oh, that's so mean. It's a rose. Damn, that's, I'm that's like
0: I, I felt hurt. Her.
2: That's what you're supposed to do. Oh my God, Smidge. So maybe... <laughs> I know, so maybe I do, maybe I do have venomous words. I'm
0: scared to ever be on your bad side now.
2: <laughs> no, it's really hard to get on my bad side. Let me Let me just...
0: Well, yeah. I don't even want to try now because you'll <laughs> roast <say something> me. <laughs> really mean about my nose or something. And no. I'm just not ready for that. You
2: have a nice nose. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you have some other random weird stories that mm-hmm. kind of tie into your Texan experience. Yeah. You got to see one of the most famous politicians speak. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying he's the most famous. Yeah, he's pretty famous. I mean, he's pretty famous. He, yeah. he lost today. lost pretty famous.
2: Yeah. Okay, so um when I was 13, I went to go and I and I was living in Austin. Well, Austin area. Uh my dad took me to go see John Kerry. Um and this was this was right after Well, actually, I asked my dad to go take me to see John Kerry. Um this was right after he ran for president um and lost uh before he became Secretary of State. Um, but yeah, so there's this really great, um, bookstore in Austin called Book People, which you need, you need, everybody needs to go there if Mm -hmm. they get a chance. And, uh, so he and his wife had just written a book, um, called This Moment on Earth. And it's, it was about environmental issues. And so he was doing a book tour and speaking and he came to Book People in Austin. And I asked my dad if he would take me to go see him. So I went, and my dad and I went, and uh, the thing I remember most about that uh, experience is that John Kerry had his fly unzipped. Uh, Can you see anything? Yeah. No. Oh. How no.
0: big was it?
2: I don't know, unfortunately. I mean,
0: I'm at the zipper. <laughs> How big the the
1: space between the zippers?
2: I mean, okay, so we were just like watching him talk, and he was wearing khaki pants. I remember that.
0: So was very
1: apparent. (laughs) Old people pleated khaki pants. And
2: and so I remember we were like sitting toward the back or standing toward the back. There was a a ton of people there, and um, so I remember he was speaking, and uh, like right next to us because we were in the very back. There was this TV crew. I think it was from like one of the local tv stations right and like the people the camera guys were like oh shit he he has his
0: fly ends <laughs> i wonder if he knows
2: and they were talking <clears throat> amongst themselves and they were like what do we do and so they had this like yellow legal pad so they got this they got a sharpie and they wrote they just wrote zipper in all caps and held it up and we were in the very back <gasps> and so he um i remember john Kerry looked and he, he saw the, um, he, he saw the, where it said zipper, the sign, and he nodded. And, uh, like, this was, like, during a Q&A session. He sat back down. He crossed his legs. And when when he stood back up, his zipper was zipped. Oh. What? And to this
1: day, I don't know how he did it. I'll tell you how he did it. He is a muscular wiener. That's <laughs> 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 clearly it.
2: It's
1: clearly so, it.
2: So, anyway... I love that story because I tell myself, look, like, you know, I do things all the time that embarrass me. I've had so many embarrassing... I've embarrassed myself so many times. Go on. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, everybody, life happens, and I'm like, look... And when I'm feeling bad, I'm like, look, even Secretary of State John Kerry was talking to an audience and he had his fly unzipped. Like, it happens to the best of us, okay? Like, nobody. Stick. Like, nobody is immune from, like, these, like, you know, accidentally forgetting to zip your fly up. Yeah. So that's, yeah. It's a weird, like, motivational type story.
0: But that's always the most uncomfortable experience, especially when you go throughout the entire day and don't realize it. And right. You've, like, kind of noticed that people have been, like, looking down when they're talking mm-hmm. to you. And you're, like, oh, that's mm-hmm. weird. They keep doing it. And then you get home and you're, like, oh, you know, getting homey. And yeah. You're, like, oh. Um, oh. That's why they were looking they down. down. Shit. I wonder how
2: long it's been Literally, like this. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, like, even worse if anything spilled <laughs> out and It is. Was- so, do you feel like that informed your political career in terms of journalism?
2: <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it did. It did help show that, like, you know, even super important politicians are people too. And I, I haven't really gotten much of a chance to um, interview a ton of really important like political figures. I mean, when I was in the, let's see. Congressman, I've talked to Congressman Ralph Hall, who was, he was the congressman for the Sherman area. Mm-hmm. I talked to him briefly, and I talked to John Ratcliffe, who um, succeeded him. But, um, I don't know, other than that, I haven't really talked to, to anyone, not no one on the John Kerry mm-hmm. level. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you got to report on any cool political events, or things that were more, you know, current events that oh gosh, are, I guess high impact or of interest to non-journalists like ourselves?
2: I, well, I don't know, like, in, uh, so north of Sherman, so Sherman is very close to the Texas-Oklahoma border. I mean, it's like you drive fi- uh, 15 minutes up Interstate 75 and you're in Oklahoma. And, um, the, the closest major city in Oklahoma is Durant, Oklahoma.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And, um, the, uh, one time, actually, oh gosh, I want to say it was like the summer of 2015, President Obama came to Durant, Oklahoma, which it's like, I want to say to, it's like, I don't know what you're doing out here, but mm-hmm. he was um, he was promoting, he was promoting some sort of program that was bringing internet to rural areas. Really? Yeah. And so, but unfortunately, I didn't get to go, but um, that was really interesting, and there's a... There's a Grayson County Airport, which is a really small airport, mm. and Air Force One flew in there. Really? Yeah, and it was it was crazy. And, uh, yeah, so people went and watched him land, and I don't know. That's probably the most hype. I mean, okay, I... I'm telling a story, but I didn't actually report on it. That was like the ready like you the had most
0: reported on Obama. Okay, on Obama? I, I
2: disappointed. But no, okay. <laughs> I disappointed. <laughs> so at my but okay, so at my most recent job, I uh, I actually spent a weekend looking through WikiLeaks emails. And what? That was actually pretty boring to be honest. Like, like
0: for the last election?
2: Yeah. It was it was like right before the election. Hillary
0: and John Podesta's emails.
2: Yep. Yep. And uh... <laughs> 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 no, like
0: your your demeanor just says it all. You like I, I literally mean, looked through God, emails. God, I minutes. went
2: through those emails. There was like I mean, granted, I only went through a certain portion of them, mm-hmm. but I literally spent eight hours a day for two days going through all those emails, and or a ton of emails, and there was I mean. It was like literally like John Podesta's wife being like, honey, you left your earbuds at home. Do you want me to come bring them to the office? It was stuff like that. And it's like
0: <laughs> Hillary really prefers, you know, the oranges at Whole Foods because they come pre-sliced and they're put in a separate package. Can you please go get those? Damn, yeah. I would too. I mean, <laughs> you know,
2: I mean, maybe it's one of the things where I have to sort through like for every 500 Boring emails, there's one that's of substance and maybe I just didn't get to any of the interesting ones But that was
0: still like that sounds kind of like the point of journalism You guys put in all of this hard work and it may not necessarily Have the best outcome all the time like might not be a high-profile story or whatever Right, but like sometimes when you guys really do put in all this work You really find a good story that you can share with the public that will have a definite impact right so I mean even those emails which We won't get political about (laughs) it, but it had an impact on the public. Oh yeah, sway votes and things like that. Yeah. And you are the ones that bring this information to us. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have reporters and journalists, we would just be like, okay, cool. Like, TV man is (laughs) saying this. Unless
2: just like a normal person wanted. Gosh, like if I wasn't paid to sit down and look through all those emails, there's no way I
0: would have. I definitely. I would have
2: gotten through like three and been be like, okay, this is boring. Yeah. So.
0: I don't blame yeah. you. I was expecting something like a little more interesting, like the fact that you would be like, I know. so like I like found like this cool like secret Russian spy email thing oh, that God. I like investigated, but still, well, I mean, that's very relevant and topical.
2: So okay, so they had me go through all the emails, and any that were like slightly interesting, I had to flag them and send them on to another editor, and there were only like a handful that I actually sent on, and w- one of them which was, it was probably nothing. I can say with like 90% certainty it was nothing. It was this guy asking about aliens. That's legit, like, I'm Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it was this guy asking about, I, I'm...
0: Is the truth out there? What is this?
2: Maybe he was asking nice. about, he's like, hey, like, I know President, he was emailing John Podesta. He was like, I know Bill Clinton met with aliens at area 51 and what? i don't think it was like an important like i think that's was, important well no I, he wasn't like this guy that emailed he wasn't like a i think he was just your your average guy like i don't think it was like a politician oh he was like a,
1: one of those conspiracy theori- yeah. theorists
2: yeah but he was like i know that bill clinton has met with aliens, and he has classified information. And I was like, you know what? This is probably nothing, but I'm <laughs> going to flag it, because <laughs> this, this is different. This is different from like, honey, you left your earbuds at home.
0: I would have like, loved to see like your editor's face. Like, Whoa, he this was probably is,
2: like, oh, God. This is a huge
0: story. <laughs> the X-Files is real.
2: Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah, it was certainly more interesting. And I think that's super interesting. There's another so one where it was like, oh, in John Podesta's house, some like <laughs> some like doors doors blew open and a bunch of snow got in his living room, and God, that was so annoying. Like, and his wife was like, the contractors are coming over to see how they can fix it. Like, what the hell again? Again, important political people are just like us. They. They sometimes forget to zip their flies up, and they get snow in their house. And, and they and forget
0: their earbuds. At they home. forget their
2: earbuds at home. Exactly. That's that's one of the things I've learned from wow. in life and from being a journalist.
0: That's a really profound observation. Mm-hmm. I mean, politicians are just like us.
2: Epiphany. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Smedge, thank you so much. It's been very interesting and slightly terrifying conversation <laughs> i don't ever want to hear about snakes again and oh i'm no. gonna have to well
2: thanks for having me
0: no problem I hope i was
2: interesting you were. good thanks tink
0: i'm your host groot i'm your co-host tink
2: and i'm Smash and you don't know me